0: Hi everyone, welcoming all of you to our series of expert interviews called Financially Speaking with Established Individuals in Finance who've broken myths about the complications and have carved their own niches making finance work for them. What we've learned in our experience is that finance is this space which can be rewarding for everyone if you have the right amount of patience and perseverance. Today, I'm so excited to be joined by Mridul Mehndiratta, founder of the blog, The Wealth Dialogues. Mridul is an economist by training, an educator by choice, and she also works on The Wealth Dialogues. I actually stumbled upon The Wealth Dialogues when I was reading about this article on personal finance, and I thought that Mridul's perspectives were brilliant and need to be told across different audiences. Uh, at the Wealth Dialogues, Mridul talks about thematic conversations behind the art and science of long-term investment and wealth creation. She writes about actionable ideas from different diverse fields and practices that can help anyone become a little bit more sound investor with the resources that they have. Riddle believes that financial freedom is important for everyone and that, you know, we must take financial decisions that are in sync with our innate values, philosophy, ethos, relationships, and long-term goals. Thank you so much, Gridul, for joining us, and what a pleasure it is to have you with us today.
1: Yeah, thank you so much, Neha. It's such a delight and such an honor to be, uh, you know, to be a part of this conversation. And equally, if I could say so, it has been delight, you know, looking at your work, looking at the Finlet's journey, how it has been growing, how it has been creating an impact. It has been a delight for me. And personally, it has been quite a you know, learning opportunity to browse through the works of LinkedIn. So, But thank you for this wonderful, con- uh, wonderful introduction.
0: Thank you so much once again, bridol and I think for all our uh, viewers, listeners who are listening to us, could you tell us about how you stumbled into the, fa- the space of personal finance, you know, what was your education like and sort of how did you go on to build the Wealth Dialogues? Uh, yeah, surely. So as I said, it's a
1: delight for me to introduce myself and uh, my little virtual space on this wonderful platform. Uh, So basically, I am a Bangalore-based independent educator, economist, and a writer, and my life journey so far, the last three decades, uh, I mean, I have been in the field of academics only from school to college and, you know, and so on so I, I i mean it has been like my bachelors and masters in economics followed by half a decade of phd which i just finished it was like a long marathon so after four years of teaching experience and research i thought let's get bit a bit experimental and i decided to basically venture out into the domains of independent researching writing and blogging so uh, the twd basically the, the well dialogues was ideated, conceptualized and executed only in lockdown itself and that was when I was starting to uh, you know learn about my own personal finance journey, what to do, what decisions to take, how to plan my investments ahead. So for me that was a learning opportunity and I decided to basically document all those wonderful ideas that I was coming across So, as I said, uh, TWD is all about, you know, the ideas from diverse fields. It does not uh, stick to specific domains of finance because taking investment decision, it's not just about finance. It's about your own psychology, your own uh, ways of thinking, your own conditioning, your own personal aspirations. Uh, So, it basically picks up ideas from across diverse fields and practices that can help you extract more from your resources, your financial resources, your time, your effort, your learning, and take decisions that are aligned uh, with what you want to achieve, with your goals, with your aspirations, with with, with your vision of your own life. And as the name indicates, it's about dialogues and conversations. Uh, The conversations which revolve around, uh, basically, if I can say, uh, creating wealth, Uh, that is long-term and long-lasting. It does not talk about um, quick money or quote-unquote hot tips, but it talks just about wealth that is long-term and long-lasting, and uh, it talks about discovering ethical ways and approaches and tools that how you can get into the right mindset, how you can develop and evolve that thought process that can be of uh, help in setting you up for long-term success uh, in investment and beyond. So uh, that is still evolving. I think it's five months into the blogging so far, and uh, it's just gradually building up. So it's in the very, very early stages, but it has been a steep, wonderful learning curve uh, so far. So that's how TWD is evolving. And that has been my brief life journey so far.
0: Oh, no, thank you so much. And I think it has been such a productive and constructive use of, you know, whatever the lockdown phase brought for all of us. And I, I'm yeah. so glad yeah, you absolutely. sort of found that space and built on it because I think for a lot of times and like you said, it's really about taking that first step and then sort absolutely. of persevering in that direction. So and absolutely. and you know, um, I you actually mentioned that psychology plays a huge role in finance. It's not mm-hmm. just about you know, uh, which is an area that I would like to reiterate for all our listeners and viewers absolutely. because primarily because you know, so many times people are looking for hot tips and those kind of things mm-hmm. and when you mm-hmm. say that uh, everybody's investment horizon and appetite is very different so you can't really say that it's yeah. it's just a one size fits all solution so I think you know just yeah. having a voice that echoes that and you're doing that so wonderfully with the wealth dialogues I think is so, so so important so Rital, I Thank think you me. know you, you, you've done and congratulations on completing your PhD um, what sort of Thank fascinates you. you about finance like even today oh. What is that one sector within finance that fascinates you?
1: Uh, Well, I think it's hard to pick out one sector, but the overall idea of finance, I mean, I have been a late arrival into the domains of finance. I mean, relatively late. For the longest time, I did not explore my personal finance journey. I just kept going the way it was, you know. Just like, okay, getting my fellowship, saving it in the bank. I did not put much thought into, uh, you know, the idea of finance that, okay, how do I make my money work for myself? So now that I know it, one thing that truly fascinates me about finance is that how empowered the understanding of finance can make one feel. I mean, yes, all the understanding and nuances uh, and all the learning that you're exposed to, that is definitely there but the whole the sense of empower, um, empowerment that it gives you the sense of control it gives you on your own decisions and your own finances it's just the feeling is just incredible because now i realize that earning money is one thing and managing it effectively making it grow turning your money into wealth is totally another and that requires a totally different set of attitude and skill set uh, so basically, as I said, I come from economics background and I have mostly spent my time um, reading theories and grasping hardcore economics concepts, those graphs and diagrams. So when the realization set in that, okay, I just I need to work on my personal finance journey constructively and boldly, I need to um, you know get experimental in the right sense uh, with my money to secure my financial future. It was like, you know, for me, stepping out of my domains of finance, uh, sorry, domains of economics. So basically attempting to understand uh, finance has been a wonderful opportunity for me to go beyond my academic confines, you know, understanding businesses, understanding decision sciences, human psychology, capital markets. I mean, it was such a steep learning curve in that sense and so multidimensional that you need to tap into different domains to get a wholesome understanding of your investment decisions. So, uh, like, for example, uh, when I have to take an investment decision that where do I put in my hard-earned money with stock to buy, it's basically an opportunity for me to uh, read about that specific business, that specific sector, the challenges and the opportunities that lie therein, which I would not have otherwise read. In one line, if I can say, it has gradually, you know, uh, it has it has been truly fascinating that how... Uh, trying to understand finance and stock markets, it diversified my exposure to ideas. So it's like an opportunity to explore new businesses, you know, how they're evolving, how they're solving big problems, how the innovations are happening, how they're addressing the major challenges that the world are facing, you know, how they're adopting new practices, how they're uh, responding to changing evolving demands of the people. So in that way, I think the exposure to new ideas has been truly fascinating. So I confess, and I'm really not sure how right I am here, that I would not have got this opportunity to do otherwise you know read so broadly and learn so much had it not been for taking investment decisions. But now that I have to take it, I make sure that I read thoroughly about you know all these uh, evolving things and dynamics. And gradually, and I'm realizing that, uh, you know, investing, particularly in the stock market, is not just about buying a stock, it's not just about, about adding a stock to your portfolio, but it's like, I think it's a deeply personal feeling where it's about having a small, maybe it's a tiny ownership in the business that you believe in, which helps you deep dive into so many spaces of learning otherwise, because where you're putting your money where you believe that you have a tiny ownership of that business you really want to understand it inside out and all the dynamics that are influencing it so in a way yes two things here the sense of empowerment and the learning that it has exposed me to i think that has been a truly fascinating part of finance it's a non-technical part but yes i think it has influenced the way i look at life and the way i understand businesses now so that is yeah, that's about it. So that that's is that family. is so important,
0: Pridhal. And thank you so much for highlighting it. You know, even as a woman, I think it's very, very important that whatever investments we make or people around us, we make the message that has to go is that it, it is actually leading to your own empowerment. So rather than just closing your eyes or just, you know, looking at, uh, you know, investment products on Google or, or just yeah. random products that come your way. Absolutely. It, It's so important that you you sort of validate it with your own personal beliefs and say, okay, does this work for me? So that that is so important and I think that is, I think it's very underrated. People don't really talk about it and the whole ecosystem has been built up in such a jargonized way that it becomes very, very challenging. So I think that voice needs to be encouraged and I'm so glad that you're doing it uh, with the Wealth Dialogues because I think as a society, we need to see more of it because that's how the whole financial literacy in India is going to, you know, sort of grow only when people start talking about it. So the challenge that we face so far is that people don't really want to talk about it. It's like, you know, brushed under the carpet, but it's something that needs to Absolutely. be spoken about. Yeah. Absolutely. So I think, yeah. you know, we must have read and of course statistics vary, but, you know, there's about 60 lakh DMAT accounts that have been opened up in the mm-hmm. in the last yes. few months because people were at home and, you know, they, were, Absolutely. they had the time. But now slowly as these people have sort of started going back to work, you know, and they don't really know a lot about how to go about, you know, investing. What are some of your do's and don'ts, you know, as a new age investor? What do you sort of suggest? How should people get started? You know, what is um, Uh, the right way to get started? uh,
1: uh, uh, Right, right, Neha. So I, I totally get your point. And yes, I mean... That was the time locked on when we actually had a lot of time at hand to plan out, to uh, you know, look at the stock market and to understand the Sensex and to spend time on it. We had that mind space to do so, but unfortunately, like I mean, this takes a backseat as we you know the normalcy returns in our lives. So when it comes to the do's and don'ts for the new age investors, uh, well, I, I think I'm a pretty much a new age investor myself, and I'm still trying to learn the art of decision making. Uh, But however, from my own personal journey so far, which has been a pretty short one as of now, uh, I think I can suggest my peers few things. The peers, not just the ones that are in like this particular age group of late 20s and 30s, but also, you know, to the people who are in the early 20s, that one thing is do not delay, you know, thinking about your personal finance journey. It needs your attention. It needs your mind space and start early with it. Like learn to manage your finances not just through investments, but in in a wholesome manner that learn to manage your finances early on in life. It is an art that something we are not taught in schools at all. Yes, we are taught, we can be taught finance as a subject, maybe in colleges, but the art of it, we are never really encouraged to learn about it. So, and the complexity of it makes us want to delay it further. Like, as you said, that now it might take a backseat because it really needs your mind space. So The early on you start getting comfortable comfortable with it, the easier it becomes, you know, as you go ahead. So, one thing is that do not wait, you know, to get the first job Or maybe to get the first promotion or maybe to get married that okay once you get married then you can start thinking about the personal finance and investments or maybe you wait for that perfect ideal moment that okay now i know everything about investing you know now i can start investing because you learn as you, you know, as you get on it. It's learning by doing things. So do not procrastinate it. Do not delay it. Believe me, procrastinating it only brings you cost, nothing else. There is nothing that you gain for your personal finance by delaying thinking and uh, pursuing it. So that's one. Another thing is which I would specifically want to point out for our generation, you know, we are always hustling and uh, busy with so many things, you know, there is always one or the other thing that occupies our mind, that we are so focused on getting the results and returns, you know, uh, you know that, that gets so much of our, our attention and we get bombarded with information, 360 degree on what to do, where to invest, when to invest, that it hardly leaves us any time to just maybe take a pause, take us, you know. Just sit back, think, introspect and reflect on what exactly we want to do. So one thing is like, don't just blindly get into this personal finance. Don't just blindly get into investment. Plan it out, you know, read and think deeply about, uh, you know, about how this whole personal finance thing plays out. Uh, That will give you much clarification about your thoughts, your aspirations, your own values. And which I believe is a very critical input into your financial decisions, you know, to get in sync with your own values, because, you know, your value system or your aspirations might be totally different from those of your friends or someone else, right? So you have to have your your own unique personal finance journey and to be able to chart it out. It's very important that you give some time to, you know, thinking deeply about it, Uh, you know, so don't get carried easily away by what others say, you know, and rumors about a business. There is too much of noise on social media. I think, uh, you know, with tons of notifications and with tons of apps out there, I think it's a very noisy place, but not every noise, not every rumor out there deserves your attention and mind space. And this, you know, I totally believe that this is important to maintain um, sanity and clarity and keep your financial journeys unique to yourself and sorted, you know, that's very, very important. Don't just get carried away by, you know, what is happening. Don't be short-sighted uh, in that sense to get the returns, you know, uh, focus on your process, uh, take the right decision at the right time, and but, but you can only do so when you give some time to thinking, I think thinking as an activity, as a pursuit, it's totally underrated because we 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 have become so action-oriented that we want to do it, but we do not want to put much thought into why or when we want to do it. So I think thinking deeply is very, very important. Yes, I totally understand that in our ultra busy lives, it's very hard, but even if you can give few minutes, you know, of your, any unit of time, maybe few minutes in a week, few minutes in a day, to just thinking about where your life is heading, how your aspirations, financial aspirations are evolving i think that can be a very critical input in your uh, you know personal finance journeys and for women specifically i think uh, i would say that yes uh, now we see far more women investing than we would see in our earlier generation but you know we really need to we really need to take charge of our finances that's way that we should you know try not to outsource it maybe to your dad to your husband or your son, just because you feel that you cannot do it, you totally can do it. I think it's just the conditioning or the stereotypes, you know, that dictate our mind that way, you know, you can do it yourself and get rid of all the mental blocks, apprehensions and fears and take charge of your finances yourself. Yes, you do it, but try doing it yourself so that you exactly know how your personal finance journey is panning out. Believe me, it's a very empowering feeling. Uh, So this was specifically for the women because I being a woman myself, I totally know what kind of mental roadblocks I have faced when it comes to taking my first step towards investing. So I would suggest other women to, you know, get rid of your mental blocks as soon as they can and get on this journey of uh, financial empowerment, like think beyond just economic empowerment to actually get into financial empowerment. Yes. So that, that is, 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 my, that is you know, so,
0: and thank you so much Madhul for highlighting that women need to take, you know, charge of their finances and um, it's, I think, you know, we live in an era where we are all educated and uh, yeah. even if, you know, I think, I think if the woman of the house sort of makes the decisions and just sort of empowers it, then she, it becomes mm-hmm. like this, you know, um, effect where she's sort of empowering for other people people along with what she's sort of doing for herself and in the process like you know continuing to stay happy and like you know I remember the first time that I got a dividend of I think it was just two rupees or four rupees or whatever but it, that amount really doesn't matter but it's just about having ownership of what you're doing That's and you true. know um, taking pride in it and of course trying to find the right trajectory you know it, it can be challenging So a few Mm -hmm. years ago, and this is something I I highlighted with somebody else earlier as well. The fact is that when I started, that then when somebody said, okay, you have to be patient, and you have to need you need time, you need to give yourself about three to five years. It felt like too long a span, but the markets in, right. and in general, personal finance is a space that you know you evolve, and uh, time will pass, and you will be enriched, and you know it will it will be a phenomenal journey. Um, right. one from another perspective, Nidhi, because you've done a lot of work in economics, you've studied, and you've also completed your. Um, PhD and research in that, what is it from a student perspective for somebody who's looking to, you know, get into finance, what do you think might be a good area to start with and just start understanding and making finance simple? Uh,
1: Well, uh, I think finance is something that that should be highly democratized. I I think I I cannot really pinpoint that, okay, a person with maybe a business background or maybe a an economics background should only have the privilege of understanding finance, but it should be something that should be accessible, understood, leveraged, uh, and you know by every single person because it's not about the academic background, but it's about that it is just in you know you can only uh, its importance cannot really be you know overemphasized. So uh, I would say that there is no uh, even if you're coming from an economics or a finance background can be a slight advantage because the area of finance or the jargon will seem less intimidating and you will be able to uh, decipher, break down or maybe make sense of the whole macroeconomic environment in which the businesses are really working because that's important, right? But nevertheless, if you do not come from any of such backgrounds of economics, finance or business. It should not put you at a disadvantage because it's an art too, right? It is something that you can learn. I mean, just starting to get familiar with it at an early stage, just trying to follow some business news, right? Just trying to get into that mindset that, okay, this is the money I have with me. How do I use it productively? How do I channelize it into the right investing channels? Uh, You know, that can set you up for your further investing journey, right? You can, there, are, there, there is so much of help available out there. There is so much of mentorship available. There are so many basic finance courses that are available that that that, that they can really, you know, offset that slight disadvantage that you might have of not having a good degree, which is closely connected to the area of uh, finance, right? Uh, so, but the overall thing, but for me personally, if I could say, uh, I mean, Economics and finance have been very fluid and closely-lit domains, if I can say so. There have been a lot of spillovers into each other. So, uh, and having studied economics earlier for almost close to a decade, as I said, made the whole world of finance slightly less intimidating. And as I said, that also business and investments, uh, they operationalize, they work out. Against a specific macroeconomic scenario, so understanding of economics basically I think for me came handy when it when it came to analyzing the overall economic context of a business, that what kind of economic challenges they are facing, why businesses are performing, the way they are performing, what's shaping the demand for products, how public policy is affecting the business environment, and so on and so forth. So for me that way i mean I, I think yes, um, I, I was a late arrival into finance. But uh, the economics, having done economics earlier, uh, you know, just made the whole thing slightly simpler. I mean, uh, it made the whole jargon and the whole phenomenon uh, slightly less intimidating that way. So it helped me to look at my, um, and critique my investment decisions more rationally and economically rather than emotionally. And I think in a way, it just helped me look for Uh, clear signals of directions of business rather than just getting distracted by noise. So yeah, having some idea of economics, I think additionally, can also be of help. It is not that that you need to have a full-fledged degree of economics, but even if you do it as like a beginner course kind of a thing, it can make you very familiar and very comfortable with some very very basic economics concepts, which you know, which play out as you take your finance decisions. But if that is not the case, there are tons of other resources that can you know help you out. There is a lot of mentorship, a lot of online courses, the business newspapers, the business channels half an hour if you, you know, spend a day reading, you know, or reading a newspaper or a business newspaper, or maybe seeing a business news channel, I, I, I think that will, that can help you simplify your journey and can help you at least start making sense of what this, uh, you know, fun field of finance is all about. So yeah, that's all. That's
0: <laughs> No, I just love that thought that finance needs to be democratized. I think that is so aptly put. And thank you so much, Mridul, um, for your time. Just as we close, yeah. you know, what is, the, yes. you've read so many books in finance and we spoke about this yeah. earlier. What is that yeah. one book or quote within finance that inspires you and keeps you going? Um,
1: uh, one book, uh, I mean, I have two to three. If you allow me, I can just put yeah, it across, yeah, sure, 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 sure. Yeah. So, so, you know, for me, uh, I mean, yes, the books are endless. And the one favorite book I have is that I'll just talk about it in a minute. But just before that, I would like to close with this point that uh, investing is not just about learning about finance. It's a life choice that you make and which continuously involves uh, us to work on our mindsets, uh, work on our financial disciplines, behavior and attitudes. It's a continuous process of uh, learning, unlearning and relearning to identify new businesses, to understand how they're addressing the major challenges, to make sense of all the innovation that is happening. So you need to just get on the learning curve, you know, for a prolonged period of time. Um, so so the readings I think are the recommended books uh, for me, or, the reads they go beyond the domains of finance so uh, my recommended reads are or uh, are basically you know the first one is that read and listen to the works and speeches of this adorable duo of warren buffett and charlie munger i think it's a delight reading them you know reading their works is like you know it feels like as, you're, as if you are sitting next to the grandpa who was who is just you know telling you pearls of wisdom so you know and listening to them is lot of wisdom lessons for life, investing and business. lot of lessons and learning is up for grabs as you hear them out. And then uh, then there is another, there are two other websites basically, which have been my favorite reads. And they have been like Farnham Street and uh, j- uh, JamesClear.com. So especially Farnham Street. So Farnham Street has been uh, one, delightfully loaded with wisdom blog. It's highly recommended and read by Wall Street, if I can say so. And the blog is just amazingly overflowing with robust principles and ideas from wide range of disciplines. And every time you get on it, even if you spend five minutes on that blog, you feel that your knowledge is compounding. This is one blog on basically mental models, decision making and reading. And I think this blog is highly intellectually supreme. I think any other blog is yet to come to this level i I've, I've been totally encouraged and totally awestruck by the readings on this blog and another one is the james clear by this person who is also the author of uh, this wonderful book atomic habits that we do not need to look for like major life changes to you know sort out our journeys but it's the day to day things you know that matter the most that, that that matter the most and that's why the name uh, atomic habits here So this website is basically a repository of articles by uh, James Clear for over a decade. And it is uh, on the day-to-day habits, how you can build new habits and how you can sustain them. This is a must read because as you go on the financial journey, you need to backpack a lot of wisdom, a lot of discipline, conviction and clarity. Because your financial journey is not about one big time decision that you will take one fine day as you wake up but it's about daily small decisions that you take and your daily discipline so these two i think are truly wonderful in that sense you know they help you get into the right mindset and build right habits and when it comes to the book there are many many books you know on personal finance which i am really fond of but then there is this one specific book which i would totally recommend to anyone who wants to start learning about investing and that is like read the intelligent investor by benjamin graham you know he has been the mentor of warren Buffet and that book is priceless i mean uh, the principles the philosophy the learnings that are there in this book i mean every time you read that book there is so much more that you can walk away with so read that book and then after that reread that book it's it's just amazing you know you will never you know you will never get enough of that book that how, that's how priceless that book is. So this is one recommendation to anyone who just wants to start learning about investing.
0: Thank you so much. I think those were beautiful resources. I'm going to take down those names and I'm going to put it in the link to the video in the description because I think... A lot of it needs to be spoken about. And and I think uh, that knowledge base is coming in handy as you're building the Wealth Dialogues. Uh, Congratulations (laughs) on coming thus far, uh, Mridul. I hope to have you back as you sort of, as we mature and, you know, as, you know, sort of you're building all these amazing resources. But nevertheless, thank you so much for your time and for this amazing plethora of uh, knowledge on finance and personal finance. And it was such a pleasure talking to you.
1: Thank you so much, Neha. It was an equally a delight for me too. And I look forward to more work, more impact, uh, you know, that Finlit will create into the months ahead. So just sending out a lot of best wishes and a lot of love to this wonderful project to the whole Finlit team. Wish you all the success.
0: Thank you so much.